We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, guys? Thursday, December the 1st, 2022. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here of the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up show here on this first day of December in the final month of 2022. I see Jeff Gullage, Noah Johns, Gad Braddock, Stephen Bullwell Jr., Jack, John Edward, Travis Allen, Travi, Cameron Blassingame. What's up, Connor Lee, Phil, Hunter Kelly, Cocky Twan, Cody Gaskin. What's going on? Stephanie Lee, appreciate you all tuning in. Also, those in the Big Cock Club Discord, head over to the TDC Questions channel. The TDC Questions channel, be sure your questions are answered there. We got a lot to get into here on this Thursday. Again, December the 1st, man, it's crazy. Has 2022 not just flown by? This week has also flown by. It's It's been absolutely incredible. But again, guys, really appreciate you all tuning in. Really excited to chat with you all. And we are taking your questions, your comments, and your calls. 843-790-3377. Of course, yes, it's purse horses season. It is it is eyeball emoji season. You know, just what have you heard? What have I heard? What's going on? Who's the OC? Um, guys, I can tell you this. Let, let me go ahead and just jump in this Dan Mullen thing. Um, that really started to pick up steam late last night, for whatever reason. My guys over, I don't think they're going to care me telling you this. My guys over at Stadium and Gale, which are a Florida Gators podcast. Of course, you guys are probably familiar. I went on their show this this year, this season, what have you. Uh, they reached out to me this morning and said they're hearing that Dan Mullen will be going to Liberty and not South Carolina. So I, I know there's a lot of buzz right now on social media regarding Dan Mullen, and I, and I just sort of wanted to get a feel on would people be open to getting Dan Mullen to Columbia. I I, I don't I don't I don't think it's a realistic. I I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm wrong. I, I just I'm not getting my hopes overly high. Um, and, and I will say this, you know, we we've had a lot of conversation in regards to in, in the Big Cock Club Discord about this. I'm I'm just kind of curious in wait and see mode. I I, I you know. Would I love Mullen? Sure. I don't know that he'd be a great long-term answer uh, just because I think he's a guy that probably wants to be a head coach. But, uh, you know, I think Mullen could be a very, very interesting hire, no doubt. Um, you know, I'm hearing Bryles. I'm, I'm hearing uh, Graham Harrell, you know, 
Maybe it's a Justin Stepp or a Freddie Kitts. I have no idea. I, either way, guys. We can talk about that. We can talk about anything else. Yeah, men's basketball. Rough, rough, rough game last night. I do apologize. Here, let's jump to the ball line. Clock, please. <laughs> to accept. Come on, slap dick, fire away. Who is that? We got an 854 Myrtle Beach number. Who is that? What 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 what's going on in the dirty here? I'm gonna try to fix this real quick. Okay, in trying to fix it, I accidentally unplugged the camera. We should be good now. Um you see slap dick calls in and it and it throws us off. Anyways, okay. sometimes you just got to unplug and plug the mic back in. But uh, as we get into the Christmas season, guys, I've told you all before, we are going to be upgrading the setup. We're going to upgrade the interface, all that good stuff. So that'll happen. I need to just go ahead and buy it. I need to go ahead and do that. But uh, anyways, we can talk about the OC stuff, the basketball team, basketball season. And let's go ahead and jump to bone lines on that note. Here we go. Phil, what's up, man? How are you? Pretty good, my brother. How you doing? I'm doing well. Appreciate you asking. What's going on, my guy? Just wanted to mention, you know, if we go to Orlando for the bowl game, that's going to be extremely tempting for folks like you and I that love Universal. Um, you know, I've got a big West Coast trip coming up in June and make sure that I'm saving up for it, but that would be extremely tempting to, to head down down to Orlando. See a Gamecocks game and go, uh, walk around down there in Universal. That'd yeah, I mean, I, I was going to say, Phil, as, as a proud owner of a season pass and as someone who has the hookup at uh, the Airbnb I normally stay in, a zillion percent I will be uh, making a trip out of that. Let's just put it that way. So I would be all down in yeah. Orlando. <laughs> Same here, man. Yeah. Um, I wanted to just put my hat in here in terms of, you know, the opinion about the OC here. I wanted to let you know my thoughts. If it is Dan Mullen, I don't understand the hate that this guy is getting from certain fans out there. Um, you, you recall, my whole thing was if we're getting Shane Beamer, who has zero experience as an offensive defense coordinator um, in that CEO role, then we need strong coordinators that know what the hell they're doing. They're proven. I'm very experienced. And that is Dan Mullen for sure. But the guy won national championships as an offensive coordinator at Florida. Now, it didn't turn out well with him being the head coach there. People that say, like, oh, he was at Florida previously and that hasn't worked out for us before, so I don't want him. Like, who cares? What are you, like, five years old? That's not how this works, man. Just because somebody was the head coach of Florida and Muschamp was a bum doesn't mean that he shouldn't be an offensive coordinator here um, to do his thing. Like, he is, in my mind, somebody that has that experience, could be a potentially perfect hire. His personality apparently is, is, you know, kind of like jackass-ish. But, you know, he's not going to be front and center of this program. Shane Beamer is. And if he steps outside line, Shane will call him on that. He's not a head coach. Um, so, and, and to these people that say, like, oh, he's not a long-term solution, what coordinator is? What coordinator is just like, man, I want to do this for the rest of my life and only call a certain number of plays and not be a head guy? If anybody has any ambition, they don't want to just be a coordinator. Eventually, their performances and their coaching skills will get them hired as a head coach. That is always the trajectory for these guys. So if he's here for two years or ten, I don't give a damn. He just needs to be here and do the best that he can. For the people that want these other big-name hires, like – Guy that's a TCU, I believe that is uh, Lincoln Riley's brother. Is that correct? 
Yes, yes, Garrett Riley. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, Garrett. Exactly. We tried to get him two years ago. He didn't want to come or whatever. Um, so ultimately, let's think of this this way. Um, sorry, hang on. Okay. Okay. Um, so if he doesn't want to, if he didn't want to come then, if he's at TCU now, and he's bowl eligible with his team uh, going to the playoffs, then ultimately, what? Why would he want to come to Carolina in a parallel move? He should be looking to be a, a head coach somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. Yeah. And, I mean, Phil, I would just say this, just to echo what you said. I mean, who, who wouldn't want Cousin Eddie as their offensive coordinator? You know, I mean, I I, I really Absolutely. do clamor at the thought of making a shitter was full T-shirt with his face on it. I, I just, you know, who wouldn't want The that? memes will be epic. <laughs> the best uh, Christmas movie of all time is Christmas Vacation. And I don't care what anybody says. I watch it every single year. I won't argue. you. I, I literally watched it, like, last week because I was like, it's just never too early to cut on a classic. So, yeah. <laughs> That's all I got for you. Shitter is full. Go game yeah, I love it. Appreciate it, Bill. No, seriously, to his points, I, I, I wouldn't be, like, I wouldn't be upset, you know, if, if, if Mullen got the job. I mean, I, you know, you think you look at his, uh, his track record with, with quarterbacks and offense and what he's done, and I mean, obviously, it'd be a huge upgrade the, over the guy you just had. So I, I, uh, I, I. I, it's not like I would be and yeah, the, the gifts and the memes and just dude, the, the, the cousin Eddie stuff would just be hysterical. Shitter was full. <laughs> like, please bring that on. Bring that on. Uh, anyways, eight, four, three, seven, nine, zero, three, three, seven, seven. Yeah. The only thing I guess I question is that how would Dan Mullen fit in, in Columbia? I, I don't, I, I, like I said, guys, I think it's fun to talk about it's, it's per sources season. It's, it's, it's eyeball emoji season, but just be careful what you, what you listen to. I think there's going to be a lot of names, a lot of shit thrown at a wall to see if it sticks, but I mean, either way, it's, it's, it's fun. We enjoy it, but it is most certainly per sources season. And you're going to see that over the next week or two. Either way, though, Dan Mullen, I think it'd be incredible. It'd be a cool story. Realistically, I don't think uh, I don't think it happens. But anyways, let's see. Somebody texting. I think Mullen will be a decent OC, but I think he isn't the fit for what Beamer's trying to do. We need to drop a bag on someone for sure. Need a guy who can work his system around his players instead of plugging players into his system. Hot take. Limbo for OC. Beamer takes over special teams and hires a linebackers coach. Limbo for OC. Whoever you are that texted him, love you to death. And I know that's funny to joke about. So if you're joking, that's hilarious. But Limbo for OC. I love the guy. Love love Pete Limbo. Hope he never leaves, but not as the offensive coordinator. Anyways, uh, guys, a lot of news over the last 24 hours, I feel like, uh, or just a lot happening. Of course, basketball played last night, which I'm sure nobody wants to talk about. Um. The 12-team playoff officially is finalized, which I know Brendan M. is a huge fan of. Uh, Brendan M., I, I don't know a bigger fan of an expanded playoff than Brendan M., our good friend in the Big Cock Club. Loves it. Absolutely loves it. Uh, he, he just can't stop raving and talking about how big of a fan of the 12-team playoff he is. So, Brendan, listen, you don't have to twist my arm. I also think it's a good idea, Brendan. So, I, I'm on your side. Uh, <laughs> uh, what else? What else? Yeah, the OC search rages on. And again, we've got your questions coming across. Also, also guys, we got JC Sherbert at 115. I just went on uh, inside the Gamecocks at 1130. Really appreciate JC having me on. It's always a pleasure to chat with those guys. And and also, guys, I want to say, you know, as we go into the month of December, the the final month of this calendar year, and 
mean, I've talked to you guys a lot about it. And I know we spend all the time, of course, talking Gamecocks on here, but uh, we talk a little bit about the business side and some of the accomplishments we've hit and stuff like that. And uh, November was a record-setting month for us on the podcast side of things, just under 60,000 downloads for the month. And I still think we can do bigger and better. I, I really believe we can hit 75,000 in a month. I believe we can 100,000, really, truly. But, yeah, a lot of cool things happening right now. If you want to sneak into the phone lines, you got to be more creative than that. You got to be more creative. Um. Anyways, eight four three. I just who are these people? Is school out today? It must be. School must be out today. Um, who is that? Eight three nine number. Where where are you calling from? An eight three nine. What 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 area code is that? Um. Anyways. Like I was saying, guys, we – and somebody texting, thoughts on Justin's step for OC. Let, let me just say this. Let, let me just say this. With the OC hire, I mean, there are guys – you know, I, I have an idea of what I – here we go, Pennsylvania. Jeff. What's up, man? How are you? Good. So, I'm from the Pennsylvania area, and uh, I was hoping – you had some inside track. Is there any slim chance we could play in Penn State so my son can stick it to the people around here when we whoop them? <laughs> yeah, I, I saw the PA number, by the way. I love that. Appreciate you calling in, my man. Um, you know, there's a lot of different projections out there right now. I, I don't know if, if Penn State is going to happen. I mean, I'd love to see it. But, uh, you know, we'll find out Sunday. So, I you know, hopefully, I think that'd be a cool matchup. I mean, most of the ones I'm seeing right now are either – Carolina playing Notre Carolina playing Notre Dame, I think, is the most popular one. Either that or playing Illinois, but maybe maybe they can sneak that in. I, what 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 bowl is Penn State projected to go to again? Do you know? Citrus. Okay. One of the six. Well, we probably and, and need. So we far away. There's a Big Ten SEC battle, so yeah, we uh, you know, and we, I, I just Big Ten. You know, there's a two team race. Yeah, we we probably race. need LSU to get killed for us to have a chance to slip into that, but, um, or LSU win, I guess, which there's just 0% chance LSU is beating Georgia. So, you know, I, uh, I mean, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. All right, man. Enjoying the show. I appreciate it, man. No, I I appreciate y'all up in PA, man. Y'all be good. Take care. Great stuff. How about that? Pennsylvania call. We got some interesting callers today. <laughs> these are not these are not the norm. <clears throat> these are not the normal calls. I love that. It means the show is expanding. But uh, anyways, guys, really quick, what I was going to say is just it's uh, you know I, I stay very present moment all the time, right? Because you stay enthralled in the content and the next thing and the thing going on presently, right? I, I don't I don't like to get too caught up in the obviously the past, but don't like to get too caught up in the future either. Stay you know stay where you are and, and be present moment. But uh, as we get to the end of this calendar year, um, this will inevitably be a very emotional month for me, for yours truly, for um, just everything we've accomplished. I mean, it's, it's, it's in all facets of the business. You know what I mean? Like I, I was, I was nearly overcome with emotion this morning, just looking at uh, everything that's happened. Here we go. Let's see. Like, who is this? Who are these people calling in? Who are these people? Is 839 really Columbia? What, 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 what is going on? Just, here, I'm going to just 
I'm going to take care of this. Anyways, guys, I just want to say thank you for all the love and support. Everybody that tuned in over the uh, over the last month, just thank y'all, man. Thank y'all. It's it's. I'm I'm driven by and fueled by my perspective and gratitude, and and I, and I'm so grateful for all the people that continue to rock with us. And uh, yeah, there, there will be a time. I promise. You. Like that, that's honestly. December has become, or at least the last week of December, and like New Year's Eve has taken on such a, a new meaning for me because, you know, I used to back in the day, man, I was going to New Year's Eve parties. Or I was living in Charlotte. Shout out my guy, John. I was living in CLT, going to the, the really like looking back, how stupid the, the New Year's Eve parties. The New Year's Eve parties in, in uptown Charlotte were, where it's like you pay like 150 bucks and you go to like the, 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 the Hilton or you go to the, the, the Westin or something like that and you, Whatever. You do the whole New Year's Eve thing. And that's a time for people to party and go crazy. And I right, right. But like for me, for me now, New Year's Eve and, and turning the calendar has taken on such a new meaning. And looking back, you know, that that's a that is a moment throughout the year that I take a moment to stop and look back. And I I, I just it's exciting to know that I'm confident to say that like when we look back at this year and you know, today was kind of the day that as we flipped the calendar to to um, to December, you know, processing that the regular season is over. It's just a cool thing to look back on. Here we go. Here we go. Hunter, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. What about you? I'm doing fantastic. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? No problem. Um, yeah, so uh, what do, what do you so what's your thoughts on OC? Like uh who do you think he might hire? Well, I think it's an extensive list. I and mean, I think the good news is, is that we got a lot of options. Um, you know, of course, late last night, the whole Dan Mullen thing was going crazy. You know, I think you look at Kendall yeah. Bryles, yeah. I think you look at Graham Harrell, I think you look at maybe maybe a Garrett Riley's on the wish list. I think you look at a Brian Johnson. I think you look at, you know, Brennan Mary, and I, I know the, I'm just throwing names out there. I mean, I, I don't have – I mean, maybe maybe Freddie Kitchens or Justin Stepp gets an opportunity. So, I don't uh, – I know, mean, I've I, I seen a bit – I've seen somebody post on Twitter where uh, Shane Beamer was uh, – he was talking to somebody uh, on the live show or something like that. Not the game, not the one seven five the game, but it was somebody else. And he was talking about, like, oh, if we want to go into a championship game or something like that, like next year or, you know, years on he's gonna have to uh get a real good OC. I mm-hmm. doubt he's gonna, you know, waste the time. I no offense, but I don't think he's gonna waste the time going for, you know, a guy like somebody from Arkansas that's going on a I think a six and six team or something like that. Because we don't we don't want to go six and six until next year. Well so here, here, I feel like yeah. I mean but here here's what's interesting though, man. when it comes to offensive coordinators, a lot of times it's one man's trash is another man's treasure type deal. Like I don't think yeah. just because Kendall Bryles was on a team that went six and six, that makes him a six and six coach forever and ever. I'm in, you know what I mean? So I, I, I just, right. I mean, look at Dan Mullen, bro. He got fired from Florida. So, I mean, would you not take him? Cause he got yeah. fired from, yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, most of the times there ain't a coaching change and coaches aren't leaving specific destinations cause things are going well. You know what I mean? So, um, Again, that's why I more so say just philosophically. And Bryles is a name that recruits at an extremely high level. He's very highly respected. 
Um, and I think philosophically he's going to bring some things that we want to do. So, you know, I, I, I'll just put it to you this way. It's not the sexy answer because it's per sources season and we all want to project, and I, and I get that, and I'll, I'll do the same. But at the same time, I'm Look. not going to lose any sleep over it or stress over it because I trust Shane Beamer. I, I, I think Shane Beamer will make the best possible hire he can. Now, with that being said, I think there's some pressure, obviously, to open the checkbook and go get a big name because the first time around, it's like, okay, you're a rookie head coach. This isn't nearly as sexy a job or position as you'd like it to be. You don't have that excuse now. Like, you should be able to go get kind of whoever, you know what I mean, within reason. So, um, making right, right. a splash is important. I think bringing a name in that people have confidence in is important. You know, I've said it over and over. It needs to be someone that I believe that you'd be surprised if it didn't work out. So, I, I believe Beamer will do that. And, um, you know, I think he's earned the right after the last two games of the season. I think Shane Beamer obviously has earned the right to hire whoever he sees fit and, and have the support of Gamecock Nation behind him and just sort of go from there. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, um, he, I, seen, I seen one of the candidates. Uh, uh, apparently it was one of the – I think it was an NFL. It was like uh, L.A. Rams or something like that. I forgot the guy's name. Uh, apparently he's one of the – list of the guys i'm not sure if uh, that's going to be a long shot or not yeah I, I don't know i haven't seen that my guy I, i've uh i mean contrary to some people's belief i don't i don't i don't even have an account i don't go on and it's no offense to them but i don't live on message boards i don't do the whole message board thing so i've got my oh, people yeah. i talk to and and but you know at this point man it's like i said a little bit ago it's, yeah, it's pe- people on, just uh, brad Co- I- I was looking on Brad Crawford's, uh, what you call it, 24-7 site, and that's what I see on there. So, I was kind of surprised seeing the L.A. Rams uh, OC on there. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's just people throwing shit at a wall and, and hoping it sticks, man. That's really kind of all it is. So, I mean, it, you know, and that's fine. I mean, that's yeah, what, you know, yeah. I mean, we, we all love the – we all love the speculation and we all we all love the rumors and everything, but that's, that's kind of all it is at this point. And, Hey, I mean, why why don't he uh why don't he you know cut out a huge check and give it to uh Brett Venables uh you know cut out the Oklahoma job and come right back to South Carolina so we can whoop Clemson every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I why not? Why not? Yeah, I mean, I'm not doing too good there, so mm-hmm. why not? Why not? But I appreciate it, man. I'm yeah, talk to you, girl. Yeah, no, you're good, Hunter. I appreciate you calling in, man. It's always a pleasure. Uh, appreciate it. Yeah. I want to let you know, uh, yesterday, uh, mm-hmm. that was their hunter, uh, you know, at the end of the video, that wasn't me. I just want to let you know that. Okay. Got you. I appreciate you clearing that up. So, yeah. Yeah, no problem. All right, man. Yeah, man. Take care. Appreciate it. Great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. 843-790-3377. Um, <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> uh, anyways, anyways. Um Lynn Turner, I'll be mailing all towels out. Uh gonna get these orders fulfilled tonight, mail out tomorrow. So Lynn, you will have them. Um I've been kind of letting orders process through. So I, I appreciate your patience. But uh yeah, finally getting around now. I fulfill those myself. So I'll be getting those up. Those are those are quick, like two day shipping. So you will have those very, very, very soon. Guys, also we posted this morning. Uh, you have until December the 12th in regards to merchandise on the store, right? You've got till December, and I guess that's kind of confusing because you've got till December the 12th 
for by Christmas delivery. Now, the towels and the koozies, I get those out very quickly. Like, those are, I fulfill those myself. Those are two-day, two-day shipping or whatever. So, um, if you order, I mean, you could order towels on, like, the 20th and probably still get them in time. But go ahead, get your Christmas shopping out of the way. Store is wide open, tsus.store, and I'm getting those orders fulfilled as we speak. Uh, the crowded something. I don't really know what the rest of the name is. Hey, I want to set up having you on our show. How should I reach out? The Spurs Up Show at gmail.com. The Spurs Up Show at gmail.com or just shoot us a DM on social media. Uh, yeah, we can set something up. <clears throat> Let's see. Justin says, another positive and attractive feature for our next OC. We are ranked in the top 25. Good starting point. I mean, yeah, I mean, again, you, you win the last two games like you want them and your program sits where it sits right now and you're, you're getting – you're getting, you know, courted for a nice bowl game from different people. Um, yeah, you're in a great spot to go hire a big-time OC. No doubt. No doubt. Now, I think it is important. I, I think it I think it definitely is important for um, for Shane Beamer to get a guy that, again, is someone proven that we, we all just have confidence in that, uh, you know, he's going to have success. Here we go. Uh, we got a text. Do you think OC would be hired before bowl game, mainly to talk with potential NFL departures before they make their decision? This is Jay, by the way. Jay, thank you. Um, let's see. Do I think that OC would be hired before the bowl game? Yeah, I, I do. I do. I, I would be pretty surprised if uh, that wasn't the case. So, John says, when do we get the Santa wish list note? Are you, are you talking about the Santa wish list show? The Santa Wish List show probably will drop. So, so Christmas is on a Sunday this year. Christmas is on a Sunday. So that means Friday the 23rd. That's probably when I'll drop that show. And if you're not familiar with what John's asking or talking about, I do a show every year that is a Gamecock fan's Christmas wish list. Yeah, Dear Santa. The Dear, the Dear Santa show. Yes, I, I will definitely do that. It's It's kind of more like a funny, just sort of – comical type deal uh, i mean there's there's some serious points in it because like i'll ask santa for hey we want a new offensive coordinator but it, it's a fun one yeah that, that'll probably drop on the 23rd right before christmas that that is a fun one though that is a really fun one so um let's see anyways guys i i just want to say thank you all so much for the love and support man it's uh looking back on the regular season for south Carolina football and just the great memories, and and I, I, I'm probably myself going to sit down and, you know, I, I normally do a top five moments of the season type deal, type article. Um, it's interesting, though, like we've had great moments on the field, but there have been great moments off of the field for for us, you know what I mean, for, for TSUS and and I, and I definitely just want to say, you know, it's, it's, it's really special and it's cool, the community that we've built, right, the people that are that show love and support and uh, you know, those, those who are in my corner, you know, I, I just, I can't say thank you enough. You know what I mean? I can't say thank you enough. And, you know, as, as this thing grows and it continues to grow and I, I still, I mean, I say it all the time, but it's the truth. I still feel like we're, we're just beginning. Like we're just scratching the surface of, of, of what, what we're going to do, what we're, what we're capable of, what our potential is, you know, the people, the people in my circle will be taken care of. That I, that I can guarantee and I feel like I'm kind of shifting into a phase of life where that's becoming even more and more important to me that you know taking care of the folks that make what I do possible you know so 
How about Jocelyn chiming in in the comments? Yes, yes. Let me make it very clear, guys. <clears throat> the By the way, shout out to Jocelyn. She does an incredible job. And uh, the Made by Jocelyn TSUS collab for the Tennessee and Clemsucks victory shirts. Tomorrow is your last day to order. Get those orders in. Let's jump back to the phone lines. Call from Slap Dick. What's up, man? Hey, do you know what uh, smear means? I, I do not. Fill us in. <laughs> smear means spear these nuts on your face. <laughs> what is this? Who are these people? Who are these people? I don't know. I don't know. We beat Clemson and people don't know how to act, man. We, we beat Clemson and folks just don't know how to act. I don't, I don't know what it is. Anyways, phone lines. It's, it's funny, like, those come and go, right? They're, they're, like, we, we, we will go weeks without a troll call, and then we'll have a day where we get, like, five in one day. I, I just, I don't know. That was an 843 number, though, so shout out to all you low country folks. Shout out. Yeah, those, that's, your, that's your people right there. That's your people. So, yeah. I mean, we had the Myrtle Beach call earlier. My guy, Brian Lattimore, you got you to hold the L. All my Myrtle Beach folks. You got to hold the L. That's it. I don't know. Those are your. That's that's your. That's your folks right there. That's your folks. <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyways, uh, guys, again, we got JC Sherbert on at one fifteen. Like I said, Jocelyn, the Made by Jocelyn collab. Uh, guys, if you go to our, if you go to our uh, our link tree on social media, if you go to our social media page, click the link in bio. You'll see the link tree. It is the very top link, TSUS, made by Jocelyn, uh, collab. And that's where you can find all the shirts, all the prints as well. Get those ordered by end of day tomorrow, right? Because we have to cut it off at some point because there are so many orders, which is a great thing. We have to cut it off at some point. So y'all get them up. Y'all go ahead and get them in. Get the, uh, get the, orders, get the orders in. Uh, no, no, listen, I got nothing but love for my, my Myrtle Beach folks. My, I, I love the low country. Are you kidding me? I love the low country, but I'm just saying, y'all got to hold y'all got to hold these people accountable. Y'all got to, y'all got to keep them in check. I don't think it's Clemson suck slap, but I think it's, I think it's Carolina people. That's what I'm saying. Um, so anyways, here we go. Let's jump the lines. Martin, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, what's up, Chris? got a question for you about Justin Stepp. Yeah. Is there any way, like, he can be, like, a co-offensive coordinator? Man, I'm scared he's going to leave. I think he's I think he's going to be a huge deal in college football mm. the next few years, and I want him to be at South Carolina when he mm. becomes that guy. I mean, I I, I think it's possible. I mean, I, I, I have to believe this. Martin, I don't have all the answers in regards to how will his role evolve, but I got to think that Shane Beamer – is going to make it a priority to keep Step in Columbia, and it's it's a priority for Step to stay in Columbia. Like I, 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 I I've had I've had conversations with Justin Step myself, and I, I would just say that I know Step loves being a Gamecock. He loves USC. He he meant it when he first got here that this is where he always wanted to be, and that it was his dream job. And so I'd I'd be shocked if there ever came a day where Step you know, left on his own unless he was offered some crazy great job. You know what I mean? So, I uh, – no, I, I think Step's here to stay for the long haul, but – and I think it'll be – it will be a priority for Beamer to keep him here. 
Well, I'm glad, man. I think he's going to be the next guy in line, if you know what I mean. He's, he's a, I'm a big Step fan, man. I was, yeah. I followed him when he was at Furman, and I followed his brother at Newberry, and I love both of them guys, man. I hope Cleaver can keep them on staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge Step guy myself, man. I think he's a, he's an incredible asset for us, and yeah, I, I don't think he's going anywhere. So either way, I think he'll be a huge part of our success moving forward. All right, man. Well, hey, keep doing what you're doing, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, Martin, I appreciate the call, man. Always a pleasure. Great stuff from Martin. Uh, again, guys, 843-790-3377. Let's keep the phone lines popping. Let's keep it rolling. Uh, let's see. Somebody said, Craig Phillips said it's it's Dabo calling in on burner phones. That's what's going on. Brian Lattimore said, is that Rebecca's Martin? No, no, no. No, no, no. Don't believe so. That is a different Martin. I believe it's a different Martin. So, <clears throat> let's see. Um, I was also going to say this, guys. Obviously, basketball last night was abysmal, and I watched the game. Um, I'll, I'll say this. I have always taken a lot of pride in being well-rounded and covering all the sports. And I, I don't know that there's really going to come a time where – I don't like I, I I just refuse to be a one trick pony. I refuse to ignore basketball completely, but I will say if the season goes down the path it's going down, the the game previews and recaps will probably get shorter and shorter and shorter because I'm not gonna force feed it down your throat when I know you guys don't want to hear about it. So anyways. Robbie Davis, Zaxby's Hall of Famer. Robbie, what's up, man? How are you? Golly, I'm eating crow today, ain't I? Yeah, our basketball team stinks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm eating crow today. I'm eating crow today. Mm. But uh, I do still believe that this team could possibly get something going. And personally, I would be starting Josh Gray. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I, I, I would just, I, all right. Let's, let, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna call it as it is. Okay. This this basketball season, <laughs> I, I'm all about Lamont Paris. Like I'm I'm pro Lamont. Oh yeah, I, it's yeah. a process. It's it's a rebuild. I understand that the season's yeah. a wash. You beat Clemson, great. Like, but the rest of the season's kind of a wash. But <clears throat> that's that's kind of the unfortunate yeah. part because when there's no expectations, there's no reason to watch. Mm-hmm. And I think as crazy as right. it sounds, what made last year and even the year prior. <clears throat> what made it really entertaining was that, you know, Frank Martin's job was on the line. Like it, it really did. It put pressure on, there was a high pressure to win. And so I guess what's just tough mm-hmm. about this season is that, you know, I'm, I'm doing these post-game reaction videos and it's like, I mean, what am I supposed to say every time we get killed? Well, you know, it's a rebuild. It's, it's just it, the season's like, I, I'm just saying the same thing over and over. And I mean, I, I understand it's a rebuild, but boy, it is, it is, it's yeah. going to be painful in the short term. And I, I just, you watch this team play, and I mean, we we may not win more than a handful of SEC games. Like we, we may not win more than like three or four SEC games. Like I, I don't know who this team's going to be, you know. So and that's okay. Like I'm not I'm not yeah. damning the program forever, but um, oh no, me as neither. I as no. I just said, like as I just said, I'm in the I'm in the content business, aka the 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 entertainment business is really what this is, and. You know, if the season goes down yeah. the path, I, I think it's going down. 
basketball will become sort of just that thing that we do between the end of football season and the start of baseball. Like it, it just, I'm, I'm not going yeah. to force feed basketball down people's throat. And, and I don't really want to talk about a basketball team. That's, that's horrific. You know, I, I just don't like yeah. I, I, last night I was watching the game. We're down by like 30 to George Washington. I was like, I don't want to watch this all year. Like I'll be totally honest and I'll call it for what it yeah. is. I love Carolina and I love what I do. If it wasn't for my business, though, I, I wouldn't be watching this basketball team. I, I wouldn't watch it. Like, I would not watch it yeah. straight up. And if you want to say that makes me a bad fan, go ahead. But I just – I wouldn't. That's just me – that's me keeping it a buck. There are other things I could yeah. be doing, you know. And, that, and that's – and, again, yeah. that's not a damnation on Lamont Paris, but it's just, man, this roster, I, I don't know if we'd have a winning record. If we played a, like, I don't know if we'd I, have I, a, I, I, don't, I don't know if we'd have a winning record playing a 30-game schedule at the Strom. Like, I, I just – I don't know. You know, it's. I look at it this way, right? You know how, like, you always would say people are so scarred from the most champ era of football. They're like afraid of having success, right? Right. I look at I look at it I look at it the same way with Lamont Paris and this basketball team. We're so scarred from the tenure of Frank Martin that we're so afraid to have success that in anything that it, it, it scares the living crap out of us as a fan base. Because mm-hmm. we're scared if we start having success, we'll get happy, be all up, all uppity, and then just everything, will, it, the, the, the shit will hit the fan, and, we, and then we'll be like, oh, well, this is, this is normal. This right here is normal. <clears throat> but we are – we are so scarred from having previous coaching regimes in two different sports that we're afraid that if we uh, that we're afraid of having success and you cannot, if you want to succeed, the only person that's stopping you is the person in the, the person you're looking at in the mirror. It's that simple. Hmm. If you want to succeed at anything in life, the only person stop, that's keeping you from succeeding is the person you're looking at in the mirror. And right now, we just don't look like we want to succeed at all. I mean, I, I would say this, though, Robbie. Like, I, I know you're a huge motivational speaker guy, and I respect that about you, and I love that about you. But at some point, you're just shorthanded, and we just we just don't have – Yeah. We don't. We, <clears> don't, we, don't, we, don't, have, we don't. The we don't roster is in a tough spot, and um, yeah. we, you know, we, we've got two guys. We've got Gigi and we got Chico, and – the, the announcer, the the, yeah. the the guys in the halftime show, I thought the one – I forget what his name is, but the CBS Sports Network guys, I thought he put it beautifully. It's just like as a coach, it's a dream – it's a dream scenario for you because when you play us, if you take one of our two guys away, you, you beat us. That's it. That, like we have to have Gigi yeah. and Chico go off. And I maybe it's a night where Hayden like, goes yeah, off or, or Amici goes off. But we're just – we're limited, man. We're just really limited. It, it is what it we're is. We're limited, yeah. I, you know, I just I – just, you know, I think I'll probably be paying more attention to the women's side. And of also, you got to think whenever we, you got to think he's got to re like he's doing a literal complete rebuild, starting <clears> from <throat> scratch. Yeah. None of these guys really. I don't. I mean, I, I know he recruited some of them, but none of these guys are truly his guys, right? Same thing with Beamer. Beamer didn't really have his guys his first year at Carolina. 
but we, by some miracle of the good Lord, won seven games in his first year. Mm-hmm. Second year, he started getting guys that he wants, and now we're eight and four, possibly going to be nine and four if we win the bowl game. I think he can, I think he can write I think he it might not be this season but he's going to write the ship and make and and make this a a fun team to watch. That is the uh the hope, man. I mean, you know, un, until then I think it'll be like this season, I think. I cuz I you know, I look at it from a fan side, but I also look at it from a content side. Like I think that We'll talk right. about the OC stuff. We'll talk about signing day. We'll talk about the bowl game. We will yeah. probably talk more recruiting in January, and then we get to, like, January 15th, and it'll be a month until baseball, and I'll start diving into baseball content. And, I mean, unless basketball makes some huge turnaround, it's it's just – we'll, we'll focus on the women's side, but the men's team's just going to be a footnote. Yeah. Man, because no, nobody wants to – nobody wants well, to watch a team go, go three. What game we're going to? No, it'll be Sunday. Sunday you'll find out. So – Okay, uh, but no, nobody. I don't think anybody wants to watch a team go three and fifteen in league play or whatever the hell we're gonna do. So that's and that's probably I think where we're yeah. Heading. So it, yeah, you know, it is what it is, and uh, whatever. It, you know, so you're one of Lamont, and he's just got to build. But you know, hopefully we can find something. But so. and has a start date been set for baseball yet or no? <clears throat> I mean, opening day will be probably like February the 18th or 17th or whatever that Friday is. Uh, that's when it always is. Okay. But South Carolina has not dropped their non-conference schedule. So, I would imagine that will happen very soon. Um, the only non-conference series I think we know right now is the Carolina Clemson series, which will be that first weekend of March, Friday at Clemson, Saturday in Greenville, Sunday in Columbia. So, um, they have not dropped and, the and they're game. due. They're due, by the way. Clemson's due for an ass whooping in baseball. So hopefully it happens. Yeah, I mean they swept us last year. They swept us last year, so it's uh, you know we, we need to get so. some revenge. And the 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 rivalry series will be really interesting. You know this this season just because of the the Monty Lee thing and the way we you know yeah. you know Dylan Brewer, Jonathan French, Ricky Williams, all these transfers. It'll be very interesting. So. <clears throat> oh yeah, it, it, it'll be fun. But um, and uh, but uh, yeah, I'm. I mean, like like you said, right? If it gets to the point to where the basketball team is what three and fifteen in conference play, right? No one's gonna want to talk about it. But, of course, we're going to talk about the women's team because, I mean, they're kicking butt and taking names like, on a regular basis. Because, I mean, on Sunday, Boston was hurt against Stanford. And then, like, not even a week later, she's playing against UCLA. I was not expecting Boston to play against UCLA. Because whenever I saw her in the walking boot, I was like, oh, crap, we got a problem. But lo and behold, she got well enough. She was well enough to play and got her, got her double double. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I, you know, the, the women's team, I fully expect, again, will will cruise through this season, probably <laughs> lose maybe a game or two, but I, they'll – yeah. It'll be, like you said yesterday, it's, it, it, or the other day, it's like it's, 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 it's natty or bust. Yeah, I mean, that's the program. Natty that's, or the season is a failure. Yeah, that's the program you've built. That is the program you've built for sure, so. When is the next girls game anyways? They also play Saturday. So, the men and women play Saturday. Men play at noon against Georgetown. And the women play, I think, at three against – I have no idea. But they do play – I know they play Saturday. Um, yeah. Somebody okay. – they play against somebody we'll probably beat the hell out of. So, um, women – so, women play at Memphis. At Memphis. And the men are at Georgetown. 12 and 3. Okay. So you got a you got a full day of watching basketball on Saturday, Robbie Davis. Full Saturday. <laughs> and yeah, I I'll I'll uh I'll definitely do it cuz we ain't got a football game till December anyway. That is correct. So and uh I don't know yet, but if I I might go to my dad's show on Friday. Sounds like a good time. I haven't been to one. Of, I haven't been to one of my dad's shows since football season started. That's how long it's been to one of his shows. But yeah, if you're going to be in the Lexington area, come on out. Like my dad said, open at those places that he mentioned. And uh, shoot, I might be with him. Will do, Robbie. Always on that a, Friday. Yeah, so. we'll. we'll uh... I'll let you know. I'll let you know if I'm in the area. Robbie, you're a legend. I appreciate you, my guy. We're going to jump into a break. You know, man, nothing but love on this end. Yeah, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, have a good one. Yeah, man. You too. Great stuff from Robbie Davis. Guys, we are going to jump into a break. On the other side, don't want to continue to hear your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. We're taking your questions, comments, calls with the next 20 minutes or so, and then we'll jump into one more break and then get J.C. Sherbert on the line. So you got about 20 minutes to get your calls in here on this Thursday. Um, <clears throat> big college football news over the last 24 hours or so. The 12-team playoff is officially a thing. What they say? Going to start in 2024, I believe, is when the 12-team playoff will happen. Um, I... Listen, as a Gamecock fan, I'm thrilled. I mean, as a Gamecock fan, I'm absolutely thrilled to see the playoff expand. Why, why would I not be in favor of a system that gives my team a better chance to get into the playoff? I, I just – and I, I, I don't know. I feel like it is – I feel like it is such a lazy – I've always said this. I feel like it's such a lazy take to say that it ruins the regular season. Like, I, you know, people say, well, what if this game was just about seeding? Like, does that mean the games still don't matter? The games are still important. Like, rivalry weekend, you cannot ruin rivalry weekend. You can never ruin it. You could never ruin it. I, I just, a playoff, an expanded playoff, it works at every other level, in every other sport. Why wouldn't it work in college football? I'm all for it. Give South Carolina a better chance to get into the playoff. I I'm all game. Think about if this existed back 2010, 11, 12, 13. 
think about how much this would have benefited us. So I, I'm all I'm all for it. Um, Austin Greer says the Cox have a chance now. Indeed, indeed. Yep, absolutely. Guys, again, phone lines are open. The OC search rages on. It is per sources season. And I know JC Sherbert will have a lot to fill us in on. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what he's been hearing. But also, of course, we'll talk about the game that happened over the weekend. And um, again, guys, I do want to say thank y'all. We actually, this morning, really exciting news and a great way to start off the month of December. Uh, of course, we're getting our order uh, our Palm, our merchandise sent out to Palmetto Moon uh, by tomorrow. This morning, got an email from Rivals. They just put in another order for merchandise. So the merch is rolling, man. The merch is rolling when you guys are talking about uh, doing your Christmas shopping and stuff like that. I believe Todd and Moore, I don't know. I, I think they still have the merch. I haven't heard from them in quite a bit. Todd and Moore, though, Rivals, now Palmetto Moon. They'll all be carrying the merchandise and uh, – you know, it's 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 truly a blessing. And I always say, guys, I always say the joy is in the journey, and I I, I mean it. You know what I mean? I, I enjoy every single step of the way, and it's and it's crazy, you know, when you look at it. I think what has made – I think what's made TSUS so successful is I think a lot of people in, in life, in content too, but in life, they run into some bit of adversity or, or run up against a, a, a roadblock and – they let that define them. They let that stop them. And it hasn't mattered for for me. It, it has not mattered. We've run up against anything, right? Hey, we, like I said, guys, I give thousands of takes. And most of them hit, but some don't. Some don't. And some, you know, th there have been moments where people would let certain things define them, and, and we haven't. We just kept it moving, dude. Keep your head down. Keep grinding. Keep going. And uh, it's hard to beat a man that never quits. Hard to beat the man that never quits, right? It's, uh, and I talked about, this with J.C. Sherbert tying it back into football, you know, talking about that game on Saturday, the, 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 the tenacity in which our football team played with. And it's, it's, it's the man who's willing to die in the fight is the man that wins the fight. You know what I mean? So um, it's, it's, it's an incredible, it's been an incredible journey, man. And I just can't say thank y'all enough. Uh, Trad, Chris, are you watching the world cup at all? USA has a huge game on Saturday. I, I gotta be honest with you, Trad. I'm patriotic. Go USA. I, I am not a soccer guy in the slightest. Like I, I just – I don't want to watch soccer. <laughs> I'm, not a so I'm not a soccer – I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'll step out and watch. I, I'm not even going to make a false promise to you, though, Trey. Like, I cannot sit here and say I'm going to step out and watch the game Saturday. I can't say that I'm going to. I just – I'm not a soccer guy. I'm, I'm not a soccer guy. I'm really not. So, um, let's see. Anyways, guys – it is 12.54 here on Thursday, December the 1st. Hey, big podcast, by the way, drops tomorrow. Big, big podcast drops tomorrow. I will do uh, my postseason report card show. So we'll split it up, too, because normally I would do the report card and the award show in the same show. Tomorrow's pod will be postseason report card, and I'll give a brief preview to the basketball game on Saturday. And then Monday's show will be our full uh, postseason award show, and we'll talk a little bit about the bowl destination because, of course, Sunday we will find out who the Gamecocks are playing, where they're playing, what bowl game, all that good stuff. Cannot wait for it. Yeah, Phil, breaking news. Not a soccer guy. Not a soccer guy. I just – not even at all. Not even at all. I, I, I can't even front. I don't care if it's the World Cup. I don't care if it's – I don't care what's – and 
I mean, Phil, you and I actually went to a, a soccer game, and I, and I went to a soccer game with my guy Dalton. Uh, I mean, shout out Tony in. I got nothing but love for Gamecock soccer and USA soccer and all that, but I'm not someone that's going to sit there and watch soccer. I'm just not doing it. I'm not doing it. So, sorry if that's uh, <laughs> that's a deal breaker for anybody out there, but I'm not a soccer guy. So, I'm not a soccer guy. Anyways, uh, 843-790-3377. Guys, again, appreciate all those in the Big Cock Club Discord. I appreciate y'all all tuning in. Uh, guys, also, I just want to say record-setting month in many different ways in November, but on the merchandise side of the business, incredible. Uh, just, just incredible. The explosion of merch sales in the month of November. And... I mean, a lot of it has to do with, right, the Gamecocks winning. Great things happen when the Gamecocks win. Winning confirmed is fun. Winning confirmed is great for business. And But I, I just want to say thank you all so much, man. It's 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 super dope. It, it's, it's super dope. And, you know, I, I will take more time at the end of this year, you know, in a couple of weeks to reflect on everything we've done and, 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 and take it all in. But, uh, oh, God. Brian Dean, yeah, we, we got the – Dan Mullen was at Halls last night. Has, has Dan Mullen gone to Halls? Does anybody know? Was Dan Mullen spotted at Halls? <laughs> per sources season. Um, We did have a text here, by the way. Somebody asked, how much do you think Rattler will have an input on OC as to whether he stays or goes? I, I think that's a good question. I think that's a very good question. Maybe Spencer Rattler believes that the right OC comes in. You know, it would be in his best interest to come back and he can evolve his game and develop his game and, you know, develop it under someone who is proven and and sort of go from there. So, I, uh, you know, I I, I don't know. I, I, I it's, it's tough to speculate, but I, obviously we'd all love to see, love to see Spencer Rattler back th- next season. I, I mean, I, I feel like I can speak for pretty much everybody when I say that. Braddock says... What's the cutoff on merch for Christmas? December the 12th, my guy. If you have it ordered by December the 12th, I can guarantee it by Christmas delivery. Guarantee it. Um, December the 12th is the date I'm going to give you. So, you got some time. You got 11 days. Um, Phil says, I didn't see Dan Mullen at Halls yesterday, but I did see Uncle Eddie there. I hear you. Oh, da, 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 da. yeah, it's it's the, the whole Halls thing is hysterical. What a time. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Um, let's see. But, yeah, it's – it's guys, these, these days are – these days are really cool. I, I, you know, when you take a, like I said, you take a moment to stop and do, we hit 30,000 followers, 30,000 followers on Twitter. And I'm just, I'm not, you know, I still recall so vividly the days of being at 30 followers or a hundred. It's, it's wild. Let's jump the line. Yeah, both want to accept, press one. Bro, and the, the people, they've got to be calling from like fake numbers because that was Arizona. How you get an Arizona number? And I just wonder how bored do you have to be? <laughs> you beat, like I said, you beat Clem sucks and folks just don't know how to act. Folks don't know how to act. Uh, Jason Slice, what's the line 
on the Clemson, North Carolina. Great question here. We can check it out real quick. Bills and Pats play tonight, by the way, for anybody who is curious. Um, let's see. We've also got tonight. No, no, we don't. We got ball tomorrow, though. Utah Southern Cal tomorrow night at 8 o'clock for anybody who's interested. Um, let's see. Clemson is a seven and a half point favorite in the game. Which, by the way, we've got a call from an unknown number. I'm definitely not answering that. Uh, let's see. Who won the runyourpool.com thing? Let me see here. I've got to make an announcement on social media. Because like I told you guys, whoever won Run Your Pool got a free jersey. Let's get to it. Pulling up the picks. Let's see. Report leaderboard. Here we go. The winner. Here we go. The winner of the runyourpool.com contest. And who will receive a free jersey. T. Alexander, who finishes 66 and 46, 66 points on the season. How about that? All right, let's jump to the phone line. Call from Frank. Frank, what's up, man? How are you? How you doing today, my friend? I'm doing well. Appreciate you asking. What's up? Good. I'm in late. I don't know what I missed, but, uh, you know, I want to just uh, call over some stuff here. Bowl Mania has officially hit. It has. Where portals are open and. Lots of interesting stuff going on. Um, I just wanted to, you know, make a comment quick. Uh, I know the game's behind us, like Marshawn Lloyd. I'm just, uh, I thought he wasn't at his best. I hope that um, he will be in great, better shape uh, come uh, bowl time. So it didn't, maybe it was their defense or maybe he just was out of sync with everybody, but I was concerned about that. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you, you give credit to, to Clemson's defensive front, but I, I I definitely think Marshawn probably tried to push it a little bit, which, you know, is admirable. But, um, yeah, I mean, certainly you'd think the, the, the three weeks or so or the time, he, you know, four weeks, the time he's going to have to rest up, recover, and get ready, uh, you know, hopefully we do see him at 110%. I, I think his – you know, I think one of the big storylines over the next couple of weeks and throughout the, the, the off season, if you will, will be – his future and, and what his future holds. And, I mean, again, South Carolina's got a number yeah. of guys that are uh, have some big decisions to make in regards to their future. So, you know, would love to see him play in the bowl game. Obviously, I, I know there's some people out there that uh, – and there's not many, but there, there's just some slap dicks out there that think bowl games don't matter. And I, I would say if you want to be proven wrong in that, in that regard, look at Carolina last year and they won their bowl game and what it meant for – off-season momentum and preseason momentum and, and just everything in between. So, um, yeah, I would love to see him go in the bowl game, and he'll have a big decision to make, and I hope to see yeah. him back in Garnet and Black next year. No, that's definitely a, a big momentum builder. You know, this whole uh, ACC championship here with Clemson and North Carolina, both teams trending down, you know, internal strife. Obviously, Clemson's falling apart after this loss. And, look, I – we would have probably taken it just as hard, but I guess they had a little bit more to lose. Uh, you know, and, and now if they get into the Orange Bowl with Tennessee, they're going to have to rename that the what the hell happened in South Carolina Bowl because uh, we wrecked both of their seasons. Uh, Tennessee's uh, up in arms now because I guess somebody from Ohio State says they're interested in the Orange Bowl. So now they're all screaming and yelling about how 
somehow Ohio State's loss to Michigan is worse than their loss to Carolina. I, I guess I don't. I guess I don't agree with that. Yeah. Uh, so every, everybody in Tennessee now is going to root for Utah because if uh, Utah wins, Ohio State makes it in the playoffs, then they won't have to worry about whether they're in the Orange Bowl or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it all plays out, man. I'm, I'm excited to see where we're going bowling and obviously everything else, the way it breaks down. But, yeah, I mean, unless chaos hits, man, I think our uh, – I think our, our the playoffs pretty much set, and don't think there'll be a whole lot of a whole lot of drama on Selection Sunday. So, no, it's it's going to be great. I, I'm hoping. I guess right now we're looking like maybe Illinois or uh, or Notre Dame, both good teams. So, you know, you want an opportunity to play a great team and and uh, show yourself, and hopefully we get everybody we need to play those games and maybe win it. That'll be fantastic for the program. Mm. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, again, it's just great for momentum. And, hey, winning a bowl game, I, I talked about it. Winning a bowl game is still a really big deal at the University of South Carolina. I think that we'll be going for our 10th all-time bowl win, if, I, if I'm if i recalling correctly. So, I mean, that, that's that's a big deal. You know, that's a big deal. So Yeah. Um, yeah. And, it'll and it'll, yeah, it'll, it'll be a great bowl game. Gamecock Nation will travel well. I mean, you get to go down to sunny Florida, it'll be a good time. So, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, just one more uh, thing about this uh, mm-hmm. 12-team expansion, which is – it's coming, uh, and, and maybe it's good. Mm-hmm. I think it is. But uh, you, you got – you had at one point uh, the Rose Bowl holding up the entire thing. Why? I have no idea. They're almost an antiquated bowl. They can't even keep the, uh, the pack – you know, the uh, – they can't even keep the pack 12 intact, and now they're going to worry about whether the Rose Bowl yeah. is relevant or not. Mm-hmm. And I think if Ohio State doesn't want to go out and play there, then they'll take Penn State. And I'd like to see Ohio State play Clemson. Um, maybe expose the ACC for what it is. Yeah, Clemson Clemson would get rocked. I, I like. I, I'm glad, again, you bring up the 12-team the thing. Like I said earlier, man, I just – I. I know that the regular season serves as its own playoff. Like, I'm not disagreeing with that, but I feel like saying – that it ruins the college football season and somehow like the season doesn't matter anymore. It's just, to me, feels like such a lazy take. Like it doesn't matter to who college football is a regional game anyways. Right? Like I don't care if Carolina and Clemson are both in the playoff. That game is not going to lose its luster, lose its value. Like rivalry weekend. Here's my thing. If that game matters when both teams are winless, both teams could be 0 and 11 and that'll be the biggest game of the year for both sides. You're telling me that game's not going to matter if they're both 12 and 0 and they're both guaranteed in the playoffs? I just, I, I think, no, it's a, that's ridiculous. I, yeah, I think it's a lazy take. And so I, I, I love the idea of expanding the playoff. You get more football. And from the South Carolina side of things, if you're a Gamecocks fan, why would you not be anything other than giddy that the playoff is expanded? Now we have more of a shot to get in, you know, so it gives you a chance. I, I, I think it's a great move. Yeah, it's, it's not completely out of reach for a team like us it's like in their second year of a rebuilding program and and maybe you only have to win nine games mm. to get yourself into this playoff system and you know you hope lightning strikes once or twice and you get yourself uh you know playing against a team you haven't played in a place you haven't played and just shed a whole new light on the program so i mean yeah. what are we eight 19th or what do they have it's uh 19th yeah we're 19th 18th, right now in, in the college football playoff rankings 19th. yeah so yeah, we're out of the mix, but then it's like you said at the beginning of the year, if you lose two games, you know, your season's not over. Right. 
exactly. Yes, I, I think I think from the entertainment side of things too, it keeps more fan bases invested longer. From the business side, I think it's a great move. From the money standpoint, I mean, anytime you can extend the season into a playoff-type uh, situation, uh, lots and lots of people are going to make lots and lots of money. So I think lots of people will be happy. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Frank, well said, my friend. I appreciate you. All right, my friend. I'll talk to you later. Have yeah, a great day. You too. Always a pleasure chatting with you. Great stuff. Great stuff as always from Frank. And, and again, when you when you look at it from the the business side, I, I think it's an even better move from the business side because you are keeping again. You know, I I just I hear people say that you know it's going to ruin the regular, but you're keeping more fan bases invested for longer because when you lose a game or two at the beginning, you're not knocked out. Like your team still has a shot. So I, I get it. I like the move. I, it, guys, it just it, it it'd be different if like a playoff didn't exist in any other sport, and and you know college football was just doing something that was outlandish and never done before. A playoff works in every other every other sport. Why would it not work here? So I, I don't know. You you, you kind of lose me on the whole. Like it's gonna ru- like will it be a change? Sure. And like anything else, does change make people uncomfortable? Yes, for sure. I'm not saying it's going to be perfect, but to say that this is going to ruin college football, like, dude, come on, give me a break. Like, people thought the Ford Pass was going to ruin college football. Look where we are now. Guys, let's go ahead and jump into a break. On the other side, we've got my good friend, J.C. Let's see what this is. Um, an Alabama number. I, I don't know. Anyways, we're going to go ahead and close up the phone lines, guys. We'll jump into a quick break. On the other side, J.C. Sherbert of Inside the Gamecocks of the Big Spurt. We'll be talking to him about the game over the weekend, recruiting, OC search, much more, guys. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back taking your questions, comments, calls. You know, I was just taking a look. It's funny. We, we've got uh, in our Discord, folks just posted the final SEC standings. Carolina finishing third, eight and four, four and four in league play. And I'm not, I'm not normally a uh, patting myself on the back for predictions, but the SEC East finished exactly as I predicted over the summer. The only thing I missed, I think I had Kentucky also eight and four, Carolina with the tiebreaker. Um, I had Tennessee at nine and three, not 10 and two had the Gators finishing fifth at six and six. Sure enough, there they are. And then had Mizzou at six and Vandy at seven. I I did have Mizzou at five and seven though. So them going to a bowl game, but either way, somehow nailed it. What do you know? Either way, anyways, a man that knows a thing or two about predictions and we bring him on every single Thursday and what better way to start off the month of December than with our friend, J.C. Sherwood of Inside the Gamecocks. J.C., what's going on, my friend? How are you? Hey, doing well, man. I, I just noticed that I, I guess Dan Mullen named South Carolina one of his teams of the week, and Shane Beamer just uh, retweeted it. And Oh, wow. That's oh, going to cause the, the Twitterverse the, to – Yes, yes. <laughs> per sources season, J.C., oh, it is that time man. of year, my friend. Something the else, The message right? boards are buzzing. I know you're – 
your neck of the woods. It is buzzing, but uh, that's the beautiful thing, man. We, we love this time of year for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, like I said, I appreciate you coming on, and what a great day it is to chat with you, obviously, after the weekend. We'll go ahead and dive into it. Um, what a game. I mean, where do you even start, man? South Carolina snaps a streak, and we were all kind of wondering right after that, after that game against Tennessee, not necessarily, you know, was it a fluke, but could the Gamecocks follow that up yet again and taking on another top 10 opponent, taking on an opponent that it had your number, you hadn't beaten since 2013, uh, I'll ask you first, JC, since you asked me as well, just talk about your emotions this week, man, because I, I just – I mean, it was, a, it was a jubilant Saturday for Gamecock Nation. I actually loved the fact the game was at noon because it gave us all day to celebrate. And then we had Victory Sunday, and it's, it's just been uh, – I think this fan base and everybody involved with Gamecocks football has been on – has been on cloud nine all week long. Yeah, you know, I think even the Tennessee game the week before, I was just like, holy cow, you know, and uh... – I've been kind of saying all year I'm, about midseason after they you know spanked LSU. Uh, I'm sitting in a sports bar in Lexington, Kentucky, with my buddies and, and some good Gamecock friends, and we're watching ball before we go to the stadium, right? And um, I'm just sitting there, yeah, you because know, I was like, ah, oh, LSU will score a bunch on them or whatever. Now it's good. Now, LSU couldn't move the ball, Tennessee. So I quit kind of doubting their defense and uh, praised them during the week, and I was like, wow. Carolina's just lighting these guys on fire. Uh, so I was just kind of stunned, and I was like, hmm, well, there hasn't really been a situation in a long time. You know, I, I think the best back-to-back stretch of games since Spurrier left was probably 2017 when they beat NC State and then beat Missouri on the road. And then they came back home and played Kentucky, obviously, and laid an egg. Uh, and the Beamer era has kind of been like up and down, up and down, up and down. Uh, week to week, and, uh, you know, you did have Kentucky A&M back-to-back. There was an open date between that. So, so you know, turning right around and going to Clemson, I'm like, yeah, it's going to be a tall task. Clemson's much better on defense than Tennessee, and I think they are, obviously. Uh, their defense scored nine points <laughs> in the game. They only had 30. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I, this one was nervous because, I mean, growing up in South Carolina, you grow up with that game. Uh, it's the biggest game of the year. You're on one side or the other. Uh, it, it's always intense. Even in 19, man, I, I'll tell the story real quick. 19, they had no chance. And, and what was so sad about 19, too, was Carolina had an open date before the Clemson game. Mm-hmm. She had to wait. Uh, even in 19, I, you know, I, I just kind of uh, moved up into the Chicago area part-time to hang out with my fiance, right? And so I was going to be Mr. Good Boyfriend and go to what a friend's giving dim sum uh, in, in, Ch- in Chinatown in downtown Chicago. And, and, and you know, the, the dim sum started at like 10, 10 local, right? So mm-hmm. I got 50 minutes before the game starts and then this dim sum lasts forever, right? And so I'm sitting there and I, and, and even, even in that moment, because I knew I was going to miss part of the game, uh, it, it's, it's tense, it's emotional. You know, by the time I got to a place to watch, it was 24 to three. So it was over. But uh, even in those moments with this rivalry, you feel that on both sides if you grow up with it. And so I was just kind of at the edge of my seat. Um, I, uh, I I felt good after Mitch Jeter hit the field goal. Uh, I, I thought Carolina may have to go score again. Uh, but I felt like offense was getting into a rhythm to a certain extent. Uh, in terms of being able to hit big plays. Uh, and so I was less worried. And then 
things kept happening where the offense was stall and the, the, you know then Kai Kroger gets off his worst punt of the day right he's been booming them all day I you know I, I think Clemson got Cole quitted you know because South Carolina used to play Tennessee and they had like five different punters that were brothers named Cole quit and they were just boom you know field position and all that during the Holtz era uh gets off his worst punt and then here here comes Antonio Williams but here comes Nate Atkins a hero <laughs> and knocks the ball free. Carolina gets it. And then three plays later, another heroic play by Juice Wells to get the first down. They run out the clock. They win the game. It happened. The victory kind of came suddenly, Chris. Because, you know, Clemson doesn't fumble there. They're a even a fluke pass, a busted coverage, whatever, uh, away from a repeat of 2000 where they run out the clock, kick the field goal. They got a great field goal kicker in Potter. Uh, so you didn't want that to happen. You know, so so even at that moment, you know, before they got the first down, I'm sitting there doing math, going, "Can they run it out?" What you know, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, it didn't hit me. So so it was like I kind of went from, "Oh crap!" You know, they're gonna hopefully they don't lose, and, and you know, you got a, a tense moment to, "Wow, they won!" You know, and it was it just kind of hit me suddenly. Uh, but boy, yeah, I was I was thrilled all day. Uh, you know, from a business standpoint, obviously, uh controversies good for traffic and subs and uh, stuff like that sometimes, but nothing beats high-end success. And, and then on top of that, a coaching sir. So that's been great. Um, you know, again, having grown up with it, uh, I, you know, my Gamecock friends tell me, uh, told me for a while that this may end up like Virginia and Virginia Tech, where Tech ran off 14 in a row, you know, because Clemson's here and Carolina can't get his act together. Well, I think Shane Beamer showed that things can change quickly. <laughs> I think also South Carolina had the better quarterback in the game. Uh, that makes a big difference. I think South Carolina had the better receivers. I think South Carolina had the best secondary in that football game. Uh, and I think South Carolina's defense made the adjustments necessary to stop the run. Uh, and then the field position game, you know, what that does is sometimes, you know, and especially if you're Clemson, they're, they're not the high flying act they used to be on offense. They play a little conservative, so they're easier to diagnose because you can't – they don't want to throw it and turn it over or whatever and, and risk anything when you're that far backed up. So it's basically runs. Uh, and so I think that all that worked together, and, um, you know, they snapped the streak. You know, Dabo said after the game, there's a reason nobody's ever won eight, and nobody's ever won eight. And it's going to be a while before somebody has a chance to win eight again. So that was uh, – mm-hmm. all those things were great and just – you're not only beating two top 10 teams in a row, Chris, but the team, those two teams, I mean, gosh, yeah. Carolina wants to beat them every single year. So uh, <laughs> doing that was, uh, was special. I think, you know, now you look at Shane Beamer, 15 wins over two years, five of those have come as double digit underdogs, not just 11 points or so, but you know, 22, 20, uh, 12 and a half against North Carolina and Auburn Clemson was 14 and a half. You know, that's that's starting to become a trend uh, during his tenure where, shoot, why even look at the point spread? You know, <laughs> they have a chance. Yeah. Uh, and that sense of belief uh, that, that, that is because of him, it's because of who he is and his leadership style, that sense of belief permeates. You're, you're still dealing with college kids. Uh, and, and if they believe and you believe and you can go out there and execute and play and with confidence, you know, any given Saturday, uh, you can win. I don't think it was a fluke win. I think Carolina was the better football team. Uh, Carolina made a lot of mistakes in that game. Um, 
And, uh, you know, Clemson did too, but Clemson had kind of had fumbleitis for two weeks anyway. Uh, but, you know, you throw a pick six, you get a safety. Uh, their last touchdown that they threw was on a uh, busted coverage. Um, and there was uh, too many men. There's five guys in the backfield, by the way, the refs missed on, on Clemson. But, uh, you know, Carolina made, you know, the mistakes that could have cost them. Uh, but but I, I don't think there was any question uh, even in a one-point game, who the better football team was on Saturday. Yeah, JC, we talked about it this morning that, I mean, I think Clemson was very fortunate it was only a one-point result, right? I, I think South Carolina could have mm -hmm. easily won that game by double digits. But you, you brought up something earlier that I don't know that I've talked about or that anybody really has talked about a ton this week, but the significance of South Carolina putting back-to-back -back good performances together. Because that mm -hmm. was something I feel like going in the game that, like, everybody I talked to it was like it was funny it was because you had beaten Tennessee it's almost like Gamecock fans and and I don't blame them right because you know we've seen this over the history of this program it doesn't it just seem like that every time something good happens for whatever reason it has to be followed up with something not good happening and so mm. for this team to sort of go against the grain and and, and put their foot down and say that's not going to happen this time and to and to be able to put back-to-back -back good performances together. And I, you know, I, I talked about the stat last week that Carolina following and against the spread win, which they obviously had against Tennessee, they were 1-9-1 and one against the spread. So, you know, there were some numbers that backed up that Carolina just for whatever reason did not follow up good performances with another good performance. And I think it was just great to see JC. And, you know, in, in the short term, you broke the trend. We'll see what happens through the long term, but maybe that's a, uh, Maybe that's something that can kind of – that trend can sort of either go away or get reversed moving forward that people don't necessarily around here expect <laughs> expect bad things to follow up good things, if that makes sense. Yeah, the other the, the other shoe is going to drop. Yeah, you know, I mean, that that's uh, – yeah. it's one of those things. It's so hard in the Southeastern Conference, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, even the Spurrier years, you'd have that one game where you go, man, that's, that was tough yeah. uh, or, or something like that. You, you don't normally win them all. It's hard, hard to win in, in this sport, yeah. but what you want is to, to have a chance to win every time out and uh, to, to play every game with confidence and, and to, you know, make some statements. I mean, I, I think so much with the media these days and all that about this game is, is about, and it's really historically always been this way. College football is one of the few sports that perception matters a lot. Um, not more than reality, but perception does matter. Uh, think about how they used to determine the national champion. They vote. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. that's a perception play. That's a campaign, right? Um, I'd almost, JC, love to see that today just for the pure chaos. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, the voters. You pure know, chaos. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah, it used to be guys like us, you know, media guys. We'd vote, we 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 were determining the national champs. Um and uh how do you get players? You recruit. That's a that's a that's a campaign. You gotta go convince somebody to vote for you, you gotta go convince somebody to come to your school. So perception matters so much. And uh when you do something like South Carolina did, and all of a sudden, you know, you're the you're the talk of college football. And you won those two games kind of with the style that's that's popular these days. Um, you know, I, I thought Clemson got a lot of traction out of losing the national title game to Bama. Uh, you know, it was a five-point game. And, you know, just the spin that Dabo put on it was, oh, should have won, could have won. You know, well, you were down 12, man, and, and, and threw a late touchdown to cut it five. But yeah. still – 
45 to 40, exciting back and forth game. Everybody in the country's talking about it. That helps your program. Uh, when you do it in the, these days, when you do, and, and I love defensive games too, don't get me wrong, but when you do it in the manner of the game, got 63, 38, 31, 30, thrilling game right down to the wire. Uh, you know, Tennessee was the talk of college football. You thumped them. I haven't heard anybody talk about Tennessee last couple of weeks. Um, Clemson's been, you know, one of the blue bloods, you know, for seven, eight years now. Uh, boom, you knocked them out. Uh, and, and I think what that does is it facilitates a better argument in recruiting and, and you get more benefit of the doubt uh, when it comes to things like uh, recruiting rankings or polls or, or things, all those things that don't really matter, that don't go into winning and losing on game day, but that can help uh, to uh, facilitate, um, I hate to keep using that word, uh, better talent, uh, more access to talent, more access to players, more excitement for assistant coaches to take jobs there, better fan support. And all those things in an ancillary way go into winning, you know, in this sport. So uh, it, it wasn't necessarily just the wins or the opponents because Gamecock fans are thrilled about it. It was the style too. I mean, uh, where did that come from? I mean, you know, Carolina looked like uh, looked like Oklahoma a couple of years ago beating these guys. LSU really uh, beat in 2019 beating these guys. So uh, I, I think that was just, uh, you know, I, I said today to Phil on the show, I was like, I still think kind of the, the earth of the world ended, you know, uh, the Friday night before the Tennessee game. And we're kind of living in a suspended alternate reality. <laughs> I said, I, I said, I have to pinch myself a little bit, <laughs> but uh, that that's the, that's the best thing possible. Uh, the last two weeks that could happen yeah. for this program. Right. And, you know, God loves Steve Spurrier and the, and maybe has got a long way to go to win 86, mm. but he never did anything like this. Uh, mm. You know, I don't think he won five games as double-digit underdogs uh, at South Carolina his ten and a half years. Uh, and and I would never say – I'm not predicting Beamer will be better than Spurrier, but there are some things he's done that are for the first time and are unique that will help him continue to build. Yeah, JC, it's always a good sign when your coach is achieving and your program is achieving first, right? And so first time ever beating top ten teams back-to-back -back in school history – that's that's significant, right? That's not some footnote. That's a big deal. Um, you know, on the field, JC, let's get back to it. We we gotta, you know, we, we gotta start with Spencer Rattler on the offensive side. I mean, I know Juice Wells is a guy you had been clamoring to get the ball more and more and more. Hmm. And now I think people see why. Um, Nate Atkins just played out of his mind on Saturday, had his best game, obviously, of the year. Uh, you know, Josh Van before that injury was making plays. Jalen Brooks, yeah. I thought, was making plays. Give the offensive line credit for going toe to toe with that fantastic Clemson defensive front. But I think you got to give a lot of credit to Seven Man for what he did, bouncing back, especially after the early pick six and then the red zone pick. And I mean, you're thinking to yourself, man, this this thing could just really get out of control. But he's able to make that gutsy throw on fourth down, fourth and goal, and then put his head down and get the touchdown. I think it was on from there. Just talk about what you saw from Spencer Rattler. I know we talked about it again a little bit this morning, but just how impressive was his game against Clemson, especially after the Rocky start? Man, you know, resiliency came to mind. And, and you know, I, I I think, you know, winning quarterbacks, winning football players, winners, winners in life, really, Chris, they're not necessarily people that go out and, and when everything goes great, they're great. You know, I think it's called like you call that a front runner, right? <laughs> uh, I, I I think real winners are the ones that you know when things are down, 
uh, and things are not going well, uh, you know, they battle back and they refuse to give in to the current mediocrity, you know, that's part of whatever situation that they're in. Uh, and that's, that's what we saw out of Spencer Rattler. And, and frankly, I think we've seen, you know, not based on performance, but we've seen signs of that this year. I don't, I don't think Spencer's ever given up. Uh, even in the Florida game, shoot, you know, you had that fumble or whatever on the, well, let's run into the brick wall play call. Uh, Spencer goes and tackles a 413 pounder, you know, uh, I don't know where the narrative about, I guess, the, I guess every, look, man, I, I'm glad people don't judge me on what I did in high school. Right. Uh, I did. I'd go back in time and slap the crap out of myself, honestly, thinking about some of the things I said, did how I treated people. Uh, but that, 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 that stigma from that stupid reality show has followed Spencer around. And I think a lot of people, when he got benched in Oklahoma, were like, ha ha ha, you know, uh, that's just not who he is, man. And, it was good to see that resiliency and that attitude, the good attitude he's had through thick and thin all season, uh, pay off with uh, execution, performance, and, and and a delivered desired outcome because it doesn't always happen that way. Uh, but I, I think he rallied. You know, he shook off the pick six. I mean, the pick six and the pick in the end zone alone would have ruined the day for most quarterbacks. Not him. He just kept dialing firing them down the field and then threw some beautiful passes and got back in a rhythm and, and was a, diff- a difference maker. So, and, and the toughness on the touchdown run. I mean, you just can't really say enough about, you know, his refusal to go down uh, and go out uh, after that great game against Tennessee and go out in the Clemson game, like, oh, it was a one, one game fluke or whatever. So uh, very uh, happy uh, for him. I don't know if he's coming back next year or not, but, uh, I'll say this, if he does and Wells comes back and Bell and Lloyd and all these guys that could on offense and they get a competent OC, which I believe they will, uh, it could be a fun, fun, it could be an even more, the fun will continue next year. How about that? Yeah, JC, and on that note too about, uh, you know, the game, just a complete team win as well. You know, obviously you give credit to Rattler what the offense did, but man, the way the defense bowed their neck in the second half and especially the fourth quarter, you know, you talk about Beamer ball and, and, I mean, Kai Kroger, you could have named him MVP of the game. I mean, the way, oh, yeah. the way he, he booted the ball and, and then those big turnovers on special teams. And, you know, just I, I'll give you the opportunity to talk about what Clayton White and Pete Limbo's units did because I, I know we spent a lot of time talking offense. That's the, the most fun, I would say, part of the game to discuss. But um, it, it, was, it was so cool to see, like, all three phases had a major helping hand in winning that football game, especially, like I said, in that second half where – the defense dropped their nuts and, and Beamer ball showed itself. You know, and, you know, you put all that together and uh, led to victory. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, Clayton White and uh, his defense, you know, now look, uh, I'll be honest, you know, uh, sometimes it would be better if he would adjust in the second quarter rather than wait until halftime. Uh, but he always does. Uh, you know, he's very good at going in, figuring out what's wrong. They come back the second half. They usually, you know, nine times out of ten, they're not getting gutted anymore. Um, and they were giving up some rushing yards. And, and and I think, you know, the three and out and then the punt return by Amari and Brad, you talk about playing complimentary football and the, and the other two phases, uh, the first drive of the second half. You know, Clemson goes down and goes up 30 to 14 and, and Shipley runs – 
60 yards uh, on, you know, eight carries on, on that drive. Uh, at that point, you're kind of getting drug all over the field, but they bowed up. They stopped him. They forced DJ to throw the ball. He's, he was not good, eight for 29. And, uh, yeah, the secondary, you know, dropped its nuts. And uh, and they uh, and uh, they started just dominating the, the Clemson receivers. And uh, the front seven, I think, responded well. Clemson's got a pretty good offensive line, right? And so uh, I thought those guys responded well on the interior. Sherrod Green and Brad Johnson uh, kind of had – uh, rebound performances in the second half after not so well in the first. And, you know, and, and the, and the, you know, the Nick Emanuele hit on DJ, I think DJ after he got lit up by Emanuele was what uh, one for eight, something like yeah. that. Uh, and look a little tentative to run uh, after that. Because so, DJ was getting some rushing yards. So uh, boy, freshman Nick Emanuele right there in Irmo playing high school, playing for the Irmo Yellow Jackets last year, uh, lighting up the, five-star phenom or whatever they call him, uh, DJ. Uh, and I think that had a big effect on, on their quarterback because he didn't really want any running the ball, and he was off throwing it. Um, nobody was really open, but he was off right. uh, throwing it nonetheless. So, you know, hats off. Sometimes little things like that, when a big hit like that can change the complexion of a game. Um, you know, and so I, I, I do think – you know, Clayton White and his group deserve Torian Gray and that secondary. They, they all deserve a lot of credit uh, for really making Clemson one dimensional uh, and then stopping in the second half what Clemson does best. Yeah, and you love it too. Even Warry blast from the past when he said that uh, Clemson was on the clock when he when he uh, signed or I guess committed or whatever whatever video that was whenever that was when mm-hmm. he put the Tigers on the clock and sure enough he delivered. I mean, what a season he had! Uh, unbelievable as we look back on the regular season. Um, from the recruiting side of things, JC, I'm curious what was the impact? I mean, obviously this win to beat Clemson finish year two of Shane Beamer's tenure, eight and four in the regular season. Now you await what should be a pretty sexy bowl destination. What was the recruiting impact of this win? Have you noticed, noticed anything, felt anything? I mean, I'd have to imagine, you know, we've talked about it for so many years, but you know, there are recruiting battles that happen within the state. I know Clemson doesn't recruit quite as much in state anymore in regards to they're able to go nationally but th- this obviously helped south carolina on the recruiting trail and for shane beamer to continue to sell this football program yeah i, I think what it, you know the guys like like marquee anderson uh who, who they beat clemson on this year who clemson wanted um <clears throat> from dorman high school of all places uh and i'll just say this about dorman probably a lot of unhappy uh faculty members and students at dorman high school on monday that wear orange normally. Uh, but, uh, you know, guys like him, I think he just reinforces things. And then, you know, you have a kid in Cam Pringle, the, the 2024 offensive tackle that was at the game uh, as a guest of Clemson. Uh, he's from Woodland uh, down in the low country. Uh, that's where Ty Hill went to school. That's where Robert Smith, who played on their national championship team as a safety, went to school. Clemson's usually got – Clemson's usually – has gotten Clemson usually got yeah that's a that's that's not good English there right uh Clemson usually has gotten just about everybody out of there yeah. uh and here comes Cam Pringle who's the highest rated of them all like uh this guy's a franchise left tackle right tackle guy it looks like the guys that go to Alabama and Georgia and play that position right. uh and then you got another one in the state next year Josiah Thompson at Dillon which has been a Gamecock friendly place 
Uh, South Carolina got off to a big lead for Pringle. Um, Clemson's closing. Georgia's in it. Ohio State's in it. For a kid like that, that, you know, Clemson wins that game Saturday. It goes to eight in a row. They go back to the playoff. What, what, what the pitch from them is, is, yeah, you can go South Carolina all you want, but they're at a different – that's a different level than we're at. You know, you, you're not going to get to go to the playoff. You're not going to ever experience victory in this series. You know, beating them, knocking them out of the playoff, that, that takes a lot of uh, recruiting arrows. And, and, you, you, and you'd kind of be surprised that negative recruiting does not happen as much as maybe it used to. Uh, everybody just kind of sells themselves. But, you know, in the process of selling yourself, if you're on an eight-game win streak, you're going to play all that, and your rivals, you know, in the in the Birmingham Bowl, uh, you can point out that distinction. It's not negative. It's the truth. Uh, so I think with a guy like that, it really goes a long way. Uh, and even other underclassmen that may have watched it from, from other states that, you know, in their mind, because, you know, last time South Carolina was good, they were – they were what, uh, you know, 16, 17, now seven, <laughs> you know? So in their mind, you know, that they may have liked Shane Beamer and, and the facilities and the crowd and all that, but, you know, they want to go to a program that has a chance to win a championship. Um, and so whenever you can do that and say, well, hey, you know, this is a program that can win on that stage. Uh, it's a huge, uh, huge impact, huge impact. Now, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if some seeds weren't planted for some kids that watched that, 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 you know, especially like from the state of Georgia, that, that were at the A&M game. There was eight of the top 100 for 2024 there uh, that may have caught the Tennessee game on TV. And then now they go see that against a, a, t- a program in Clemson that, you know, to the Georgia kids, that's not an in-state rival thing. Those are the South Carolina programs that maybe you're trying to compare them. Yeah, for those kids, they're like, well, wait a minute. This place is, has a light show. It's cool. Beamer's awesome. Derek Moore's the man. They beat Tennessee. They beat, I mean, they're on the way up. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if some seeds weren't planted with that next class to where the Gamecocks are going to be in the game with some guys that, you know, had this last two weeks not happened, it would have been a tougher sell uh, to maybe even get them uh, to visit. But now I, I think I think this will pay off, uh, you know, uh, in spades with, with that next class. Now, JC, we had Savelle Newton call in earlier this week, and obviously I thought that was awesome. Game, by but, the way, yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's it's cool, man. Savelle, obviously, a, a really good friend of mine, and he he's been calling in a little bit more recently. And I, I think you and I probably both love the fact that Savelle just he calls it as it is. He just says whatever's on his mind, and I respect the hell out of that. But I thought he made an interesting point. I want to get your take on it. In regards to with the jubilation of the last two weeks and finishing eight and four, also comes with the man, just what if, you know, like what this season could have been. Do you also feel that a little bit, that like had they taken the handcuffs off earlier, had there been a a competent OC in place the entire time, just kind of what the season could have been? Because it's crazy, man. I mean, you lost to 6-6 and Arkansas, 6-6 and Florida. Six and six Mizzou. Like, like it's it's and I mean I'm I'm ecstatic with eight and four. I want to make that very clear, right? Because I, I looked at the Shane Beamer process, his tenure is like, you know, I I'm not, hey, if he doesn't have it winning 10 games by year three, he's not the guy. I I, I just always had a little bit more patience, I think, than some others. But it is kind of wild when you look back on this season and you're like, man, if they could have got that offense clicking sooner, this mm. could have gone from a good year to like a really, really special season. Your your thoughts on kind of where you sit with that? How much of it is there a balance, or do you think that way at all? 
Oh, I talked to a, a good source inside the program and I ran that scenario by him and he said, absolutely. He said, you know, just to be honest, you know, only, only Georgia had better personnel. <laughs> I was like, wow, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's tough. And, and so there is a flip side, uh, but, but think about something you just said, Chris, this is interesting. I don't know that I've ever heard of <laughs> a head coach try making an offensive, taking, making the offensive coordinator take the handcuffs off himself. That's weird. Uh, because usually it's the head coach that puts the handcuffs. You know, uh, I think with some defensive-minded coaches especially, you'll get that. You know, Kirby's smart, man. He may throw the handcuffs on sometimes, right? Uh, no, 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 run it, and we got to play defense and punt and vertical field position and all that good stuff, right? Uh, I, I don't think I've ever seen a head coach uh, have to step in and go, uh, take the handcuffs off your own offense, man. <laughs> it's crazy. It's one of the most South Carolina things ever. Uh, but, yeah, man, I mean, you, you think about that against Arkansas. Gamecocks weren't really stopping them that day. Uh, but I, I, I think when you're not scoring and you get in, into a hole and you're down 21-3 and, you know, you're just, you cut it to 21-16 and then you finally, Zach Pickens get, makes a big play, stops them on fourth and one, and you immediately go three and out. That's demoralizing to a defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if they'd have been in a game with Georgia or not, but, uh, you know, I, I, I'm pretty confident uh, it would have been a lot more competitive. Uh, Missouri, obviously, uh, they needed that. And then an, even with Florida, man, you know, you're going three and out, three and out. You're not stopping the run, okay, but you're not doing anything offensively uh, to sort of give yourself a chance. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think with this offense and they've been doing like that, they have good enough players. They very easily could have been 11 one. And we could have probably been talking Chris about them going to the playoff. Uh, and so you look at that and you're disappointed, but you can't change it, you know, and, 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 you know, that, that problem is gone. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, Beamer has an opportunity uh, to really not only fix it, but take that offense to the next level. And, you know, very few programs lose often that are, you know, opportunistic and good and sound on defense uh, that have an explosive offense with great playmakers and that are that good on special teams. Those teams are hard to beat. Uh, and so if you just continue this momentum and fix the offense and, you know, they get some fortune with a lot of guys coming back, uh, man, you don't have to go to Arkansas this year. Uh, a Mississippi State team that loses about everybody's coming to town. You know, uh, Tennessee loses everybody. You do have to go to Knoxville, uh, but they lose just about everybody. You know, Florida is going through more transition. You know, Missouri, you just need to beat them, right? There's no more excuses. And so, uh, and who knows what will happen out in Maggie land. But that's, you kind of look ahead and it's like, man, you know, if guys come back and the Gamecocks are preseason ranked, you know, that, that North Carolina game, instead of being, you know, noon on in, in sweltering weather on ESPNU. It, it could be the, we could see Chris, Chris and Herbie again, man, or something like that. It could be a premier kickoff game. So, you know, I, I think there's just a lot to look forward to. A lot has to fall in place, but um, I, I think, you know, you'd say, Oh, well, these games give you hope. I, th- I think this gives, gives you more than hope. I think this gives you like uh, faith, I guess, in, in the future. Uh, and, and people, people need to understand too. Yes. There's been some ugly games. Yeah, I think Beamer should have fixed the offense last year. So what? You know, this guy 
uh, in spite of all that. Uh, again, five of his 15 wins are against teams that he was double-digit underdogs to. Um, and if he wins uh, the bowl game, he'll, you know, and, and people don't want to hear it because Muschamp talked about this a lot, and, and it was true. But he'll pass Muschamp, Spurrier, and Joe Morrison for the most wins in the first two years of a program, uh, first two years of a job at South Carolina. Uh, and considering the crap on offense the last two years, uh, that's nothing short than amazing when you look at it big picture-wise. Yeah, I mean, that's a significant number for sure. JC, obviously on that note, uh, I, I would have to imagine things played out about as well as they could for Shane Beamer and company with you win the last two games, Sat gets to land on his feet, we get to land on our feet, <laughs> we get the change we all wanted, it doesn't come, you know, amidst turmoil and disappointment and, and, and you know, a disgruntled mm -hmm. fan base. Everybody's on a high. And so now here we are. Just just talk about, uh, you know, I know it's per sources season, as I mentioned, that, you know, Dan Mullen's name started to catch fire late <laughs> last night. God. Uh, I mean, it was just, Man, you know, that you're, was and you're hearing – yeah, you're you're hearing the the typical names I get, or get, I guess names that you know. Brad Crawford, our good buddy, wrote a great article with some of the top candidates with guys like Bryles and Riley and Marion and some others. And maybe it's a maybe they go to a Kitchens or a Justin Step. God forbid. What what you're hearing and what your overall thoughts are on this OC search? Because what makes it so intriguing? This is so much different from the first time Beamer went through this. It's so much sexier of a job coming off the way you finish the season. You should be able to open the checkbook up a bit. Your overall thoughts on the OC search? I mean, do you have any preferences? Are you hearing anything? Uh, just overall thoughts on that. I, you know, Dan Mullen's name. I, uh, look, I've I followed coaching searches, not just in Carolina, but everywhere. I got some guys I call and, that are the no agents, you know, people that just cover coaching searches, guys that are pseudo agents that are kind of go-betweens. Um, not everything's always, uh, you know, just because you, you get a name that that could have been floated because that guy's agent wants him to get a raise. That could have been floated because Dan Mullins sitting around drinking Miller Lite one day and, and just calls his agent because he's like, hey, just flood me for some jobs. South Carolina offensive coordinator is open. So I just want to hear my name out there, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, not saying that happened, but that happens, you know, you, you just never know. So Brad heard his name and then I'd, I'd heard it from a couple of people. And I, I said, I'm not buying it, but here's a name because that's kind of my job. You got to feed the, feed the, 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 the minions, some raw meat sometimes, you know, with a coaching search. Um, <laughs> and so I said, I don't know, you know, I'll say this resume wise, uh, if you can hire Dan Mullen, you need to hire Dan Mullen. I mean, you know, who else can you hire that's, uh, coached Alex Smith, the number one pick of the draft, Tim Tebow, a Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, Dak Prescott is one of the most popular players in the NFL right now. Uh, won two national championships as a coordinator and also had an undefeated season at Utah as a coordinator. Uh, I think one of the winningest coaches in Mississippi State history. Uh, and, oh, by the way, with Kyle Trask and, and a guy named Kyle Pitts, who South Carolina's got a guy that's a lot like that, uh, you know, won the uh, the SEC East and was six points away from beating Bama as the head coach at Florida. Uh, Dan Mullen as a head coach obviously has his issues, you know, that they were not happy with at Florida. I think he could have stayed at Mississippi State forever, but, uh, I mean, he, did, he didn't meet the expectation there with, you know, the recruiting and all that. But as an offensive coordinator, I just – I don't know who you could – who's better. I mean, who, who's better? Um, now, that said – 
I think it's probably about a 5% chance of, uh, of that even coming to fruition. Uh, Shane Beamer didn't help the matter today when he, when he retweeted the, the, the Dan Mullen team of the week or whatever, uh, cause people are going to run with that. But, you know, a guy like that, 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 that runs a, a proven system that can move the ball, that, that, that no matter what style of quarterback you have, you may have a preference. Uh, you can go out there and make it work. You're not always going to have a lot of everything at South Carolina, uh, including depths. So if you've got an injury, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so, so I like him. I like Kendall Browse is still a name to, to – now that's a name to actually keep an eye on. Um, and, you know, just talking to some people around him, I think there's some mutual interest there definitely. Uh, I think he could emerge as a candidate for the FAU head coaching job. Uh, I'd also watch him to maybe uh, – explore going on Hugh Freeze's staff at Auburn. Um, and, and people say, well, why would he want to do that if he wants autonomy? Because Hugh's an offensive guy. And that's a good point. Some coaches, though, just they don't – they want to go to a, a name program because in their minds it's easier to win there. And, and that's what – it's all about the path of least resistance. Now, you know, South Carolina done enough. I don't know. But, uh, uh, you know, so I, 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 that, that's a situation with him. Graham Harrell from West Virginia – uh, who I think got a terrible rap for them this year. He's also a guy that works for an offensive coordinator that's probably probably had to pull his hair out up there. Um, you know, I thought he did a great job at Southern Cal. We all know him as the Texas Tech quarterback that threw the pass to Michael Crabtree uh, in the game where they beat Texas. But, uh, you know, he runs a good system. I, you know, Kevin Johns from Duke is a guy that I could see him taking a look at. Um, you know, even uh, Justin Lynch from Vanderbilt had a great year, and he was Pete Limbo's OC uh, at Ball State. Um, I don't see Freddie Kitchens getting it just because I think I think Freddie wants to go back to the league and coach, uh, and it may be sooner rather than later. I don't know. Um, but I think he has his eye on that. But, uh, you know, anybody else, I, you know, I, I think you know, take your pick uh, with guys. I mean, I, I'll tell you some guys I don't like. Jake Spavadol, I would steer clear. Uh, the guy followed Cliff Kingsbury at AM. They got worse. Uh, he uh, he went some other places. They didn't get did all that. You know, they, they got worse. Uh, Texas State's a job that's tough, but, you know, they got worse. You know, uh, Zach Kitley from Texas Tech is a name that came out early on the hot board. Um, he's a Texas Tech alum, but he was, a, he was the guy that came from what, Houston Baptist to uh, Western Kentucky with Bailey Zapp, who's with the Patriots now. Uh, and trans, transformed their offense in a year and then went back to Texas Tech. If you watch Texas Tech play this year, yes, they're an air raid, but they're more similar to the Lincoln-Riley style where they'll run, they'll run the ball. Um, and Shane's right by saying that. He, you know, when he says uh, you need an offense that's able to run the ball and throw it uh, because you, you don't want to be at every you, – you never want to be undimensional. Well, I'm mean, sorry, one-dimensional, un, undimensional. My God, JC, uh, one-dimensional uh, in this game. So I, I, I look at that, and you know, those are just some of the guys I like. I, you know, but there's a there's a plethora of uh, acceptable candidates, and, and I'll add this one more detail here. Uh, there there have been no interviews, uh, anything like that. Many times, you don't even the interviews a formality if you decided on one or two, one guy or whatever. Uh, but I do know for a fact, no, no interviews. They tracked uh, somebody tracked the university plane to to DeKalb County yesterday, and and, and they kind of they decided that Lake Oconee was an hour from DeKalb. I don't know what road they're taking, uh, and that he was secretly meeting with Mullen. Right, uh, that wasn't him. Uh, the focus this week internally has been on 
returning players, uh, player interviews, the, the current situation. That's not to say Beamer hadn't made calls and had some conversations because I know he has, but they're not on the verge of hiring a Dan Mullen right now or on the verge of doing this uh, unless it's something happened like extra, like lightning struck, uh, it, which would be unprecedented, uh, and they get it done soon. And, and I think it's fine. I think with the last two weeks, Chris, uh, I, I think had things gone badly the last two weeks, there would have been a sense of urgency that had to take place because you're trying to stop the bleeding in the portal. You're trying to get recruits signed and all that. Uh, I think that's one thing. Okay. But I think he bought himself a lot of leeway and time because, because, and I've said this before, if I'm recruiting, I'm just going to say, if they ask me what kind of offense we're going to run, I'm just going to look at it and point to the last two weeks and say, ah, exactly that. Yeah. Same thing. And it looks like fun. It's appealing. So I think, I think the whole, uh, pressure time frame pressure all that really was alleviated uh by becoming you know the top story in college football jc i appreciate you taking the time last thing before i get you out of here just real quick just you know i i thought about asking about like returning players but i feel like it's just kind of all speculation at this point so i'll ask you just the importance of this oc hire because i mean i said it weeks ago before the back-to-back top 10 wins that this hire was going to be massively important to get it right right because the fan base and the program will live with one swing and miss. Hey, it's all on sad. All the blame's on him. But if you swing and miss again, the, the blame starts to shift, right? And obviously, like you mentioned, you've bought yourself time and you've bought yourself trust with the fan base because of the, the last two weeks and the turnaround. But just in your opinion, how important is it that they hit a home run with this OC hire? You know, I think GameCraft has sometimes defined because of who's been hired here before, where you're like sitting there going, oh my God, Steve Spurrier is the coach. I mean, disbelief. Uh, I think sometimes fans consider that a home run. Uh, I, I think the home run is going to come in the production. I don't think you could afford to do any more experiments like BMAC, SAT, no more guys that have worked for the guy that have, that have not been that good on their own, like Roper. Uh, you know, you need a guy. You know, you need a guy that's got a track record of doing it. I don't care if it's from Group of Five or FCS or wherever, and somebody that's innovative. And Shane, uh, he has to know. Like like Liam Cohen from the Rand, his name keeps uh, is on some list somewhere. I think that would be a horrible decision. Horrible. No more NFL, man. I mean, because and I think you have to. These these NFL guys are too complicated. They can't get out of their own heads. Um, Shane has to believe now but based on the last two weeks that, Hey, the way to go is keep it simple, stupid, you know, <laughs> and uh, let your players make plays. And I think that's the direction he's going to go. Um, and, and people don't need to freak out if he calls it a pro style offense or not. There's all kinds of pro style offenses, but uh, I, I just, I, I think that, you know, it needs to be a guy that's productive that knows not only how to, to call plays and all that good stuff, but knows how to teach his players how to do it and has a plan for them to master it uh, to where they could play free uh, and the mental side of the game takes care of itself. That, that was the genius of Steve Spurrier, Ellis Johnson. Uh, most of the coaches that have had success here over the years, uh, very, very simple stuff that they did on both sides of the ball with a lot of, of masking, uh, a lot of wrinkles here and there that were easy to learn uh, and then have their guys go out and play it with speed. You know, and 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 that that's worked, and and that's what I think it'll work in this situation. 
JC, always a pleasure, my friend, as we hit 2 o'clock. Thank you so much, JC Sherbert of Inside the Gamecocks, the Big Spur. Y'all stay tuned. Check out his work. I know that the uh, the message boards will be popping. And, JC, how dare you ruin flight tracker season for some folks out there. I saw it last night, too. And I, I, I will say this. I love it. And, and maybe, maybe some would advise me not to say this, but, like, the people who track the flights, God bless you. That is a level of – like that's a level yeah. of wanting to get scooped that I don't know I've reached that point yet. I, that to I, me is insane. The, <laughs> the, the, fo- the folks that do that, the folks that look at like coaches' Twitter accounts and sees anybody from South Carolina all of a sudden followed them and right. all that. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I, yes, I, yes. But those are my people. Those are the people that keep me in business. I, I love yeah, that. So you need you. those people. You need yes, those people for sure. The flight do. tracker people, incredible. You love to see it. Uh, <laughs> JC Sherbert, I appreciate you, man. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Chris. Be good, bud. Yeah, man. We'll talk soon. Great stuff from JC and guys. On that note, we've hit 2 o'clock. What a show today. Thank you all so much, man. I appreciate it. Stay tuned. Podcast drop tomorrow. Of course, content bleeding out the eyeballs. And again, guys, thank you all, man. Thank you all as we begin this month of December, the final month of 2022. Uh, Let's have a good one. Guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.